Discussing books that touch on suicide and rape in this episode. Hey, Julia. Hey, Phoebe. How are you? Oh my god, I'm fabulous. How are you? I'm great. It's been a while since we've done the podcast. It's been like a. It's been a time. We're in 2021 now. We really are. We made it through 2020. I'm really proud of us, Phoebe. We we did. Oh wow! Pat on the back to us. Um. Yeah, it's so great to be here again with you. Right. Recording recording the pod. And thank you so much if you're still listening. It's crazy that it's been over half a year since we started this, and it's only our fifth episode. <laughs> you know what? Good things take time, and we've had an entire yeah. semester to prepare, so... We really... We've just been thinking every week, Jude and I are like, let's do the pod this week. And, you know, finally, it's this... This week. Yeah, it only took an entire semester. It's today. But. That's okay. That's okay. It's okay. We have tons um, to talk about. We have lots to catch up on, lots to share, lots to chat about. So tell, tell me, tell us, tell the followers, mm-hmm. where are you, Phoebe? I am currently in, well, I'm in bed. I'm fully reclined. <laughs> um, but I'm in London, England. I'm staring out my window at Westminster Abbey. Um, and there's a big Union Jack just billowing in the wind. Beautiful. And I can all I can see the eye. The uh, I was gonna say the roller coaster, but that's not what they call that. The Ferris wheel, the eye. It's twinkling. Oh wow! You know you're um, also in the eye of the hurricane. That is oh of coronavirus. Of coronavirus right now. Uh, true. I am. I kind of flew into the eye knowingly, so that's really on me. But um. Yeah, I'm here. I'm staying here with my mom and my sister, and it's so nice because I haven't seen my mom since before the pandemic. That is so true. So it's really you've been. It's really nice. You've been static basically this entire time. So you know, I really have, and like that was the first time in my life that I've been static. But I feel like it was a really. I mean, obviously, I was so privileged to be able to just be in St. Andrews and like be in my flat and have everything that I need. But I feel like 2020 was so interesting for me to be static and just, you know, work on achieving that inner peace. (laughs) That is true. Do you feel like inner peace was the biggest sort of lesson or or your takeaway from the pandemic? Definitely just... I'm um, speaking as if it's already over. It's really not. Today, (laughs) we're just reflecting back. Today, I definitely didn't feel a sense of inner peace. I was actually in a pretty bad mood today, so I guess not. But, like, overall, yes, I feel like, you know, this pandemic has really just made us more grateful for what we have and made us, you know, more aware, like, more present and just living in the moment. Um, So that's been great for me, personally. Obviously, I'm so lucky um, to have been able to have that experience. Um, But, yeah, where are you, Julia? I am back where I was when we started this podcast. I'm in Washington, D.C., 
Um, a lot of stuff happening. I think the inauguration is tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? We were just sitting around trying to figure out when it was. I think it's tomorrow, the 6th of January. That feels, that feels early, isn't it? Usually later in the month? You know what? I have no idea. I feel idea. like it's the 26th. Should we do a cheeky Google? You, I'm doing yes, it. Yes, I think so. I actually, I should probably know. January, January 20th. 2021. Oh my gosh. Okay, I was very That's off. my friend. That's my friend's birthday. Shout out to Charlotte if she's listening. Oh, shout out to Charlotte. <laughs> okay, I was very off, but there's still a lot of crap happening in DC That's okay. right now. I think the Proud when Boys isn't there? or something. The Proud Boys are storming central, like downtown the, DC who, right now. Who the fuck are the Proud? Okay, I don't know who they are, but I just that's got to be like a white it, supremacist it, that's group. Ex- the Proud that's Boys. That's exactly what yeah. it is. So. Um, straying away, keeping away from downtown DC, nothing good happening there. Um, don't go there. No, no, no. But I don't know. It's a good time. DC, I'm lucky, is quite open right now. Um, open mm-hmm. and ter- cases are somewhat good. So I guess that's nice. I'm just sort of on the fence as to when I should return to St. Andrews. Obviously, I don't want to, you know, travel too much right now or I want to travel responsibly so I'll see mm-hmm. um I mean obviously I have to quarantine when I return to St. Andrews but I want to do so responsibly right. so I'm just trying to sort of get my affairs in order and my ducks in a row well I trust you can do that but yeah it is difficult like I don't know when I'm gonna go back I uh I brought like a lot of contacts with me and I brought uh my stuffed animal Moody who's a snowman well because I was like I don't I don't want to get stuck and be without contacts and without Moody because that would really, I couldn't survive. So have you been reading anything lately, Julia, Um, that you want to talk about? I've read a couple of books. I got some books for Christmas that I really enjoy. Um, Actually, one of the books that I'm, or the book that I'm just finishing now is a book that Phoebe recommended for me. Um, It's called The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath. And like... I love that book. I think it's just a really great depressive book. If you ever just want to be, like, thrown down a deep hole of depression, but, like, not your own, you just want to, like, explore somebody else's, great book. Honestly, I find it quite compelling in the weirdest way possible. Like, I'm... It is definitely a very depressing book, and it's getting worse and worse. (laughs) like with mm-hmm. every page I'm at the last like <laughs> it only it only does it only ever does I have like 50 pa- yeah honestly I have like 50 pages left so not that much but like it's getting <laughs> like there are a couple of suicide attempts have been made at this rate and I'm guessing that there's more right should we do like a trigger warning oh yes absolutely um yeah I read it like six years ago and I honestly like I read it in the summer in New York it was very hot, and I was doing a ballet intensive, so I was dancing a lot, and then I'd get on the subway in the summer in New York, so it was, like, disgustingly hot, and I'd read this very depressing book, and it was all kind of just, like, the memory of it is kind of, like, wrapped up in, like, a sweaty subway feeling for me, um, so I have fond memories of reading that book. Well, did you... So the beginning of the book starts in New York, and she's not at a summer intensive, but at, I guess, an internship of sorts in hot, sweaty That's New true. York City. Did you f- relate at all to the character? You know, I forgot about that, but I related to the character in more, way, more ways than one. Um, yeah, I guess I did. So I forgot about that part, but yeah. 
What a perfect coincidence. Yeah, well, I'm excited to finish it, um, move on to another book, although I'm very happy that I read it. I feel like it's just, like, a classic, especially as, like, a young woman, or, like, you know, not really for anyone, you know, obviously. I think it's just great. No, um, absolutely. It's a Sylvia Plath classic. Also, like, we love Sylvia Plath's poetry, obviously, and, yeah, she's great. She's a Scorpio. Her son is in the eighth house, so oh. is mine. Um, that, but yeah, she's she a Scor- seems like a, she's Scorpio. a Scorpio queen. Her writing gives I'm off prettier. Scorpio vibes. I'm pretty sure she has like, mul- let's look at her birth chart. I'm pretty sure she has like multiple Scorpio placements. Oh. Um, which like makes sense, you know? Right. No. In her definitely, writing. You, you can really tell. It's a very Scorpionic. Is that, is that the correct way totally. to say it? Scorpionic? I mean, that's what I say. I think I might've made that up, but. Okay. I think I got okay, it from you. Yeah. I like it. So we're going to roll with it. But no, as I was saying, it's it was I found it to be quite a fast read, despite being so a, a sad plot, if you will. Um, yeah, I feel like I mean it's just a, such a great book. It's such a classic. Um, yeah, highly recommend that book. What have so that's fun that you're like, that's fun that you're reading that. <laughs> what have you been reading, Phoebe? Oh my god, this is really going to be a whole tangent. So basically, um. I have to start at the beginning, and it might be kind of painful for me to talk about, but sometime in mid-November, a video of Harry Styles popped up on my YouTube, um, like, suggested watch videos, and I was, like, you know, I was, like, kind of a fan of One Direction back in the day in, like, 2012, but I was also a snob, so I was, like, no, like, you know, I listen to classical music, like, I'm not, like, a fan of this boy band Um, That being said, I did go to two separate concerts and did experience, like, the beginnings of sexual feelings um, for the entire band at the age of 12 when I was at these concerts. Um, Yeah, like, I just remember I was kind of, like, I was not into, like, the whole hype around it. Like, I remember going over to my friend's house and, like, all she wanted to do was watch One Direction videos. And I was like, this is so stupid. Like, I have better things to be doing in my time. I remember during this time, I was in, like, what, seventh grade-ish? Seventh, eighth? We were, like, sixth, seventh grade. Yeah, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Yeah. And I was a grade ahead of you. So that's when it was going on. And I remember, like, I went out of my way to be a One Direction hater because I wanted so badly to be not like the other girls. Right, because we were different, Junior. I know, right, I was so different, and for what? Like, I really was not, like... You were just unique. No, yeah, so I was, like... It would have fared me well to just, like, follow the trends this one time. I remember I went to a One Direction concert right after ballet, like, right after ballet in the evening, and, like... The duality of Phoebe. (laughs) I didn't tell anyone at ballet that I was going to a One Direction concert, because I just wanted to keep it hush-hush, and I, like got in a cab from ballet to this One Direction concert, and I, like, took out my bun, and I was like, it's time for One Direction. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, so, like, cut to 2020, mid-November, late, I don't even remember the day, it's just been a blur since then, a video of Harry Styles popped up on my YouTube feed, and I, the time has really just passed, I've been in a Harry Styles time warp since then. Um, it's difficult for me to talk about, because I don't, I just, I don't feel like I'm just another fan. Like, I truly feel like I love this man's soul. Um, I've never met him. I guess me talking about it on the podcast is, like, me accepting that this is never going to happen. Just putting it out there. Um, Phoebe, you do not know that. 
I feel like now that I've like announced I'm like a crazy stalker on the internet, like if we do ever meet, like it's not going to end very well. But I mean, that's fine. I don't really need it to last. You know what I'm saying? Um, anyways, so of course I need, I wanted to know what Harry Styles reads and what his favorite books are. So I just did a quick Google search like a couple weeks ago about, um, what his favorite books are, what books have inspired him. And then I ordered them all from the local bookstore in St. Andrews, Toppings and Company. Oh, love Topping and Company. Love Toppings. It's the best. Um, so the book that I, I actually just finished this last night, it's called In Watermelon Sugar. Obviously the inspiration behind the, behind the song Watermelon Sugar. And this one I really wanted to read because um, I feel like I always drag this pod- podcast into like really sordid details, but Obviously, like, a lot of us listening to this podcast probably know what Watermelon Sugar is about. If you don't, give it a quick Google. Um, And I just wanted to know what would, like, inspire Harry Styles to write such a ballad. You know, I feel like it's quite a liberated song. I feel like it's quite feminist. Um, You know, if if you're not sure what I'm talking about, just give it a look. Anyways, I wanted to know what would inspire such a song. So the book In Watermelon Sugar by Richard... Rodigan, um, who I, I didn't know, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of this at the time when I ordered the book, but then I was like doing more of a dive into the author. And there's a lot of his poems that I'd read before. Um, so he's a poet and a novelist. He was, he's dead now. Um, a lot of his poems are very beautiful, very simple, uh, very sparse language. Anyways. Yeah. So I read this book. Um, it's kind of fun. I recommend it to anyone who like wants to get a deeper dive. What genre is it? What's going like, on? What? It's like a dystopian, so it's it's funny, it's like a dystopian novel, but it's like each, uh, how do I describe this? It's like, there's very, very short chapters. It's like each, there's, they'll just be like, each page is kind of its own thing. Like, it, it's a cohesive story, but each page is like, named after a character or like, an event that's going on. It's kind of its own little thing. So it's very easy to read. Um, it's kind of it's very poetic. I would say there's not really like a plot that makes a ton of sense, but there's the sentences are very beautiful. Um, again, he's a poet. So yeah, it's very gentle. It's a very gentle book. Um, so if you're feeling gentle, I highly recommend this book. Um, and if you're in love with Harry Styles, highly recommend this book. I've grown to love Um, Harry Styles so much more than I did before. I just like, I, like, took, like, an eight-year break, and then all of a sudden he was a man, and I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) where have I been all this time? Oh, do you want to hear something really tragic, though? So today I'm in Sainsbury's, right? So I'm in the supermarket, and I'm online to check out, and I just glance over, and there's, like, you know how when you're going to check out, there'll be, like, a wall of newspapers or, Mm -hmm. like, gossip magazines, and his face is, like, on the staring at me on the front of this, um, like, gossip magazine, and it's about how he's now like dating Olivia Wilde I saw that I had had no idea and I'm like I look over and it's like assaults me in Sainsbury's and I was just like like oh just like a wave of shock horror grief despair came over me when I was waiting at Sainsbury's I'm sorry I'm sorry for your loss yeah and then I walked home in like the foggy London rain and I was like this is horrible is he is he in London right now or is he in LA no, he's in LA with Olivia, so oh. good for them. I'm really glad that they're happy. 
Um, you know, happiness yeah, doesn't so always last, so theirs might not last. I feel like he's not, like, a long-term relationship kind of person, so that's fine by me. And, um, no, but I do, I do wish them the best. Um, yeah, so I read Watermelon Sugar. It was fun. I'm going to look into more of this, uh, of Brodigan's books and also his poems. They're really nice. Um, yes, that was a great book I read lately. Um, I'll definitely, I'll borrow it from you when I get back to school. Yeah, you can borrow it. It's kind of like, it's kind of, a lot of people have spent like a lot of time kind of trying to like decode the meaning and like the hidden you know, the hidden meaning at the heart of this book. I don't really find that there is meaning, except that it's just a nice, a nice gentle book. It's like a, past the it's time, like a you know? soft breeze. That's exactly how I would describe this book, Junia, and you haven't even read it. Oh my gosh, well, I you. guess I have to read it now. I, I highly recommend it. I guess it. in a way, um, it's almost like music. It kind of feels like a Chopin, like little waltz, like blowing yeah, in the breeze. Yeah, like it has no you know? particular meaning, but it's just there for you to enjoy momentarily. Exactly, exactly. I don't enjoy when people, like, sometimes I'll be in a class and, like, like, like the, the other week, and, like, uh, I was saying that I read a book and a teacher asked me, like, what did you get out of it? And I was like, I didn't get anything out of it. Or, like, what did you get from it? I was like, I didn't get anything from it. I just enjoyed it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, this is, this is a space for great pondering, but I think we could go down a rabbit hole if we discuss whether things necessarily always have to have a meaning or a takeaway. It's like from the pandemic. I I saw like where it was like an opinion piece something and they were talking the author talked about how everybody was so obsessed with deriving like a purpose or meaning or like a great takeaway from the pandemic but there doesn't need to be a great takeaway you don't need to have learned something about yourself you don't have to have become like become something better or worse or like have even for that matter, like read a lot of books or exercised a lot or, you know, there's no result from the pandemic. It's just, it's, it hasn't, it doesn't have a higher purpose, you know, which a lot of people are obsessed no, it's with just, finding. Yeah. And I thought that quite to be quite an interesting um, point because I keep on it's, every time I meet people, I'm like, or I'm talking to people, I'm like, oh, what, what have you learned from the pandemic? You don't necessarily, there was no grand takeaway, you know? No, exactly. People who have picked up, like, pandemic skills just really irritate me. I'm like, just, it's not a pandemic skill, you know? Just relax. No, exactly. You know? <laughs> just cool it on your skills. No, um, but yeah, sorry, I went off there. Didn't you have, you had a second book that you wanted to talk about. Oh my god, I have a second book, which I actually recommend. In Watermelon Sugar is kind of frothy, it's more just, like, fun. Um, but this other book I read, I absolutely recommend to everyone it's called king kong theory i'm gonna google it right now so i can have something more intelligent to say about it phoebe you're extremely um, intelligent i trust everything that comes oh, out of your mouth thanks junia wait no i want the wikipedia i feel like wikipedia always has really great tidbits to share <laughs> obviously it's a book um by a french woman virginie dupont um i'm so glad i got to really like assert my French accent during this podcast I don't think one podcast has gone by where I haven't said one thing with a really annoying French accent you know what we do it again couldn't be a podcast (laughs) without it yeah um so it's a book it's kind of like a long form essay um or there's multiple essays in the book um according to Wikipedia is Wikipedia it is a blend of memoir critical theory and feminist manifesto 
Um, and she really uses, like, she discusses her own life, like, oh, another trigger warning. Um, she, she talks about um, her experience of being raped um, when she was 17, um, her experience of being a sex worker, um, and it's just a really interesting take on gender and, you know, the power and control and um, the way our lives are organized around satisfying or disappointing male desire. And it's just like super liberating. And I just feel like it's a very freeing book to read because it really examines like, the yeah, like the power structures of gender and the way that like just that, you know, we're so imprisoned by these ideas that are constantly impounded upon us from birth that, like, we must behave a certain way in order to fill a certain something. And she talks about the kind of, like, the power of recognizing your sexuality, like, you know, before it's, like, imposed with all these different gendered uh, expectations or... Right. Does that make sense? You know, absolutely. It? And yeah. I was actually thinking the other day or I was talking to somebody about sort of, I think it's called the, like, internalized, like, male gaze. Mm -hmm. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in so many ways, rules how females think and just move themselves and, and, like, live their daily lives. Sort of like how there's an internalized sort of feeling that you need to look that look like something that a man would desire and that is like why we suck our tummies in when we're walking or or you know even as you're going to bed like we we can tell ourselves that like we just want to look cute before we go to bed but like there's always an underlying am I doing this to satisfy some male gaze that we just aren't even aware of I thought that was sort of interesting I know no totally and like she totally talks about how something that I just find so irritating and like I'm sure I've done it in my life is just like how women to like police other women about like you know just like everything like they just keep women other, women keep other women in check because it's like part of this whole culture of like you know we to to do that to exist as women we must do a b and c but to go back to what you're just saying she one of the first slides in the book that wikipedia has um has provided for us here quite conveniently um she goes, I'm writing as an ugly one for the ugly ones, the old hags, the dykes, the frigid, the unfucked, the unfuckables, the neurotics, the psychos, um, for the girls who don't get a look in the universal market of the consumable chick. So, um, yeah, it's kind of just like she writes about, like, you know, existing outside of, you know, the consumable chick. And she also, she talks a lot about, like, you know, how... Right, the consumable men, chick, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, she also, she writes a lot about how, like, obviously men are also imprisoned in this. And she writes, she writes, I prefer the guys who don't make the cut for the simple reason that I myself don't make it. Um, and, yeah, so I think it's such a great book. Right. Um, she, she talks about, yeah, so she talks about her rape. She talks about, like, sex work, which I find really interesting because I feel, uh, there's, like, I feel like there's really two camps of people, like... We're like, oh my god, that's so degrading for women. And then there's people who say like, oh my god, no, like they just like try to be very, try to be powerful. And I don't really like. I feel like it's neither neither here nor there. Like she talks about how something that I really loved is like she equated prostitution basically to marriage, except women women have more agency in prostitution essentially because they're like getting paid for their their labor as opposed to marriage where they're not getting paid for their labor. That is so interesting. Um, and, 
Wow. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't bring the book to London with me, but I, she, there's so many great quotes in it. Um, definitely recommend. And I, it was originally published in 2006, but I'm pretty sure it's just been like republished because I've been seeing it everywhere um, by Fitzcarraldo Editions. And those are the books that are like, they're either like white with blue text or blue, like kind of like a royal blue with white text. And they're, oh, I, they're yeah, aesthetic. I know those. Very, it's the you know that book um, flights yes, that you have. Yes, that's exactly. That I recommend. It's the same. It's the same publishing company. Yeah. Phoebe gives the best recommendations. But how Phoebe? How do you get inspiration for which books to read? Because I feel like a lot of people or a lot of listeners might want to sort of start getting oh, into shit. reading more, that's especially during like I don't know. We have a little bit more free time because of everything going on, and you know we're still on holiday. So what are your favorite ways to sort of find books to read? I don't know. There's so many great books out there in the world. And obviously, like, I mean, I don't know, like, all the books to read in the world. But um, I guess, like, I was just, you know, this would be, this is a great question to investigate about how books are marketed. Because I don't know, King Kong Theory just kept popping up. Maybe I just kept seeing it at toppings. I feel like Instagram, honestly, like what people are reading on Instagram, like, um, yeah, I don't know. That's a really good question. I guess I do follow like a lot of publishers and like a lot of bookstores on Instagram. But, right, um, but that's a that's a great way to. And find I guess out obviously sort of I was, what... yeah, I was inspired by Harry Styles reading list. <laughs> you yeah, know, just honestly, like, just Google what your favorite celebrities. Just or Google your or just stalk your reading. crush to see what they're reading, and then you can start reading it too. That's um, one way to get into their head. That's my advice. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess that's how I find books to read. I don't know. Um, I just text Phoebe, typically. <laughs> um, and I just recommend really depressing books for you. That's okay. You're actively trying to make my life worse, but... I'll, yeah, I'm I'll just trying to drag you, you down. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're like step-by-step step making me more intellectual. Oh my I God. give you music in return. <laughs> Yes, you give me so much music. And what what's the, better than the gift of music? Have you been listening to any, any music lately? Anyone you want to share? I, yes. So I have been, like, over in December and November, I listened to, like, exclusively piano music, mm-hmm. which is sort of odd. Like, I don't know too many people, especially, like, violinists who listen to only piano music, but mm-hmm. for me, listening to piano music is the best music for studying, and I was studying so much in November and December, like, writing and reading, writing essays and such, and just, I don't know, because there's not much going on other than the piano, it just works really well in my brain. It really just stimulates my brain to, like, think harder and get more information from what I'm reading, mm-hmm. but... Also, just repeatedly listening to only piano made it so that, like, I didn't necessarily... I still enjoyed it, but, like, it, I'd sort of connected listening to piano music, like Chopin, with just working and, like, deep concentration. And so I sort of took a small break and I was, like, listening to Christmas music. But um, recently I've been listening to the radio when I drive. And there's oh, this, I like, one... I listening to the radio, too. I know! It's such a... It's... I'm a renaissance lady listening to the radio. <laughs> I feel so, do you just feel so connected with others, you know? Yeah. At least I do. <laughs> no, I really do too. And I haven't listened to the radio in such a long time, but it sort of just shoots at you music that you didn't choose, which I think is such a crazy concept because the world is at our hands these days. It's whatever we want to listen to. Everything is on demand. 
So honestly, I quite enjoy just like turning on the radio and they play what a lot stations of, do you listen to um i don't know whether it's local or not but in dc i listen to classical weta they shoot at me a lot of like symphonic music and orchestral music which i've actually didn't realize that i've missed so much like i guess because it's just such a big force like when you're listening to solo music it's only it's just one instrument and you're just like concentrating or you're just you move with that one instrument but when you listen to orchestral music, it's a whole, like, it's almost like a whole body. Whereas, like, listening to solo music will be, like, you know, just one organ, like, just the heart. Which is mm-hmm. beautiful and so much fun. But when you listen to orchestral music, it's almost like the whole body, like, all the organs working together. And it's so, I just, I felt so, emo- I've been feeling so emotional and overpowered by it. Which sounds crazy because I used to spend, like hours every week playing in orchestra but I haven't been able to play an orchestra for like a not year anymore <laughs> not anymore I haven't been able to listen to or like play in an orchestra for like almost a year now and I just it moves me so much so I really really enjoy listening to um orchestral music so symphonies and a lot of like um sort of symphonic poems as well like Liszt has some symphonic poems um, and Ravel Oh, I, I don't love have anything Ravel. in particular, but I will ref- refer you to a playlist that I made. Um, or like we could even add something in post post op on the podcast. Oh, you absolutely! Know what I'm I I will add yeah. some music in, but I really recommend um, which symphonies? Well, obviously Brahms symphonies. So listen to Brahms symphonies four. Um, I we've we've listened to Mahler this year. I really love oh, Mahler. Oh, Jude and I really chilled out to Mahler together on yeah. my chaise. <laughs> I we absolutely did. I come in and out of my Mahler phase. Either I'm like completely like indifferent, or I'm like a diehard Mahler fan. Mahler is just really really impactful music. I should have done my homework on it. Like there's there are definitely some stories that I should have researched. I encourage you to google there's always great stories behind every piece of work someone tell us the stories write to us tell us your stories write to us write us love letters and tell stories i used to be really obsessed with this one brahms piece i'm trying to find it now that you brought him up brahms is a classic if anybody ever wants to listen to brahms i recommend with um starting with a brahms symphony it's brahms symphony number three it's the one that i love i love brahms symphony number three Okay, um, great. So everybody listen to Brahms symphonies and three, four. four, three and four. <laughs> um, I, I think the piece that has that has literally pulled out my heartstrings for the past week is Scottish Fantasy by Bruch. Oh, one of my absolute favorite pieces. And the reason why I literally love it so much is because it just sounds like St. Andrews to me and I miss it so much. I do love anything Scottish, you know? Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful, and it, it like, paints a picture of the Scottish countryside. It just reminds me of driving into town. I miss, I you know, I was just there, and I've been there the entire year, but even when I'm away from Scotland, just for, like, you know, even if it's just, even if it's just for the weekend, like, I miss it so much. I'm so drawn to it. It's so mystical, you know? It is, and that's what the music sounds like. So I'm going to put in a okay. clip right here.
it's just so beautiful. It's so dreamy. The second movement is so dreamy. I recently started practicing again, which I took oh, a small so break exciting. for finals. And oh, mm-hmm. I've just been on this, like, if anybody's listened to one of our previous episodes, um, we had a guest, my friend, um, Lilia Cardew, if you like classical music you should definitely go listen to that podcast I've been sort of in and out of classical music I got off the professional sort of track but every time I stop I forget how healthy it makes me feel just how fulfilled you feel how fulfilled I feel especially since the pressure is off making it my career Mm mm-hmm it's just now it's something you can just enjoy yeah and I urge anybody who ever quit an instrument in the past and is sort of too scared to start again because they're scared to sort of see how bad they've become I really really just urge um urge you to sort of try again what about if we never played an instrument do you have any advice (laughs) if you've never played an instrument and you want to learn you should start learning Oh my god, thank you for that inspiration. I do have to say, it's not... <laughs> that was the least... That was not inspirational at all. You really I just need to rephrase that. I really uh, just said, if you want to learn, you should learn. No, um, Julia, sometimes like that's all people need in- to hear. Sometimes that's all, that's all I wanted to hear. Um, I've, like, I've always wanted to learn how to play the drums. Like, ever since I was little, like, three years old, I always wanted to play the drums, and I've never... I don't know how to play the drums. Um, well, you should go to the music center in St. Andrews. Do they and, have drums there? Yes, they have drums. I was looking. I was like looking up drum lessons in Dundee, but I was like, I don't know if I'm really oh, committed enough to that? go to you Dundee. Can do you can do that in St. Andrews. So if you're a St. Andrews student and you want to learn an instrument, do it through the music center. See, they I had have, no idea. Then, yes, we have an amazing new building um, in St. Mary's Quad. It's the, I think it's the it's the newest building on campus. We're at the concert hall is absolutely amazing. It's like a little recital hall, and it's like I think it's the smallest hall in the world that has a sound chamber. I don't really Ooh. know what that means, but it just means the it sounds great, are great though. The sound chamber, <laughs> the acoustics are great. The practice rooms are beautiful, and all the facilities are there. But I think um, I would love to see more students on campus get involved with music because. I mean, we really have world-class facilities. And is it open? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, not right now, but in the like last semester, was it open? It was open last semester. You had to book okay. practice rooms um, right. for 45-minute slots, and you had to allow, allow for 15 minutes to sort of let the... Let, let the, the clear let the coronavirus the clear. <laughs> before the next student Let the corona in. die off. Um, oh, interesting. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll learn drums. You know, yeah, if or if you want, I will teach you piano. <gasps> Wait, Junia, can you teach me piano? I've always wanted to learn how to play the piano, but I've been too intimidated. Yeah, let's do that. I think you're going to... Did gonna, you ever, did you uh-huh. ever come to the music building to see me yes. practice? Junia, we had an amazing date at the music building where you serenaded me. I'm so offended that you don't remember. No, 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 it's I fine. remember it. It's I, literally it was... fine. You played Bach for me. It was like so romantic. <laughs> it's fine that you don't remember it. No. Okay. So I will to make up for it. I will t- give you piano. Okay. Lessons. Thanks. I just want to learn how to play like a Chopin waltz because those are my favorites. You know, yeah, or like te- a mazurka. I can teach you a simple. I think you're gonna find me really the simplest yeah. mazurkas or waltzes. Okay. I think you're gonna find me a pretty bad student, but it's okay. 
my heart's no, in you it, know what? So I've been teaching children piano for the past few weeks, and I really think that I can teach anybody now. Okay. Well, as long as they're not my beyond my level, which is quite <laughs> quite elementary. Watch out, Junior. I might be coming for you. <laughs> but no, it, I mean I can teach you violin as well. I'm like more drawn to the piano. I think like okay, I'm I don't. Not I like sitting take that as an insult, but okay. No, 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 no. Not. I'm saying to, for me personally to play. I prefer sitting to standing. If I'm, you know, I prefer dancing to all of them. But if I'm gonna be. Like, I prefer sitting, you know? I don't like just standing. Not that you're just standing still when you're playing the violin. Obviously, a lot is going on. But I, I prefer to be have a, a seat. Yeah. Hmm. I, I guess you can play. You playing, yeah. I could see you playing, like, a harp. Oh, fuck. Me too. Do you know how to play the harp? Does anyone no. know how to play the harp? Oh, my God. I really want to play no, the harp. No, you know what? Nobody in the school knows how to play a harp because we have a harp shortage, like, every year. Oh, you There's do? Like I'm one person fly. who knows oh. how to play the harp. Damn, can you just imagine me in my flat, like alone, playing the harp? I would yes, love that. that That's is literally why I thought of the harp for you. Oh, okay, I need to learn how to play the harp. It's I'll just so show up everywhere though. with my harp. Oh, it is? There, really? There are so many, or it looks so difficult to me, because it just, it's not, it, it doesn't work like a violin or any other stringed instrument. There's like pedals, and the pedals work together with... Oh. With, you know what like, I think I'd be really good at? Strings. You know what I think I'd be really good at? Miming playing the harp, not actually playing the harp. <laughs> just I pretending. Mean, wouldn't that just be dancing? I guess. We're just back to square one. I guess I should just keep dancing. <laughs> you should teach ballet. No, I don't think that I'd be a good teacher. I might get a little impatient, you know? I'm not a Taurus like you are. I'm an Aries. Patience uh, isn't really my forte. Um, speaking of ballet, I just watched The Nutcracker. Oh, where? On what platform? What company did you watch it? On It was New York City Ballet in 1993. Was it on YouTube? Yeah. Who was dancing? Like, who was Sugar Plum? Do you remember? Um. Yeah, it was Darcy Kistler. Oh, classic. Um, and the kid, the boy, was Macaulay... Culkin. Wait, oh, I, I forgot that he was the prince. The guy from Home Alone, he was the prince. I forgot. Yeah. That's so cute. Um, uh, love the Nutcracker. I have to say, like, even though it's so cliche to a lot of people and especially to a lot of dancers, the music from the Nutcracker will always move me to, like, just beyond any other music, I think. Like, to me, that score is so beautiful. And fun fact. No, it is. It's, it's not that fun in the end. I remember reading this a couple years ago, so I might be wrong, but I believe that Tchaikovsky wrote the score um, when his sister was dying. So it's kind of, I mean, all Tchaikovsky is a bit melancholy, but, you know, even though it's this beautiful, like, children's tale, like, there's just this, like, oh, this great sadness in the music. And even in, like, you know, Waltz of the Flowers, which is, like, this very joyous waltz, it's so beautiful, like, there's just, it's so sad at the same time, and, oh, God, I love it so much. No, me too, and that's something that I realized because I've spent in my entire, like, childhood not avoiding the Nutcracker, but just, like, when people suggest listening to it, I'm like, oh, I've heard it so many times, I know the music. Mm -hmm. But no, those are, like, maybe the three main themes, which are so beautiful, but, like, the music, it's such a masterpiece, sort of the lesser known chapters as well of it are just Oh, I know, amazing. literally every single part, like, I listen to it all year round, <laughs> I'm just and it's such a cliche, sh- as, as but I love we it. should. 
Yeah, but even like my favorite part, actually, I mean, even just for sentimental reasons, but I actually also think it's so beautiful is at the end of the party scene, there's like, I'm not going to sing it, but it's like this very like um, at the end of the party scene when everyone is leaving and it's like this, like this, like, I think it's a waltz. It's like this, like kind of like lulling music and like you just sense it. Like I know exactly what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? You you sense that the scene is over and like, you know, it's just, oh. I love it. No, it's, it's amazing. amazing. And nobody writes for violin like Tchaikovsky does. Yeah, there's just, like, like this finality does. to it. And it's just so, like, oh, it's, like, aching because it's, like, everyone's leaving the party and it's, like, you don't want this to stop. But, oh, so beautiful. Oh, I, I cannot wait to go to the ballet again. Oh, my God. I keep texting Junia. Um, like, I can't wait to be in London and just go to the ballet with you. That's all I want to do. No, or that's anywhere all I want to do. Because um, as fun as going to a concert is for like an orchestra a like ballet does give you a visual aspect Uh, I mean yeah you know again like how we're so privileged to be like you know throughout this pandemic and you know like such good situations as we find ourselves in but I do really miss going to the ballet that was such a big part of my life and feels like you know there's a real part of me that's dormant because it's not going to the ballet um so I'm really excited for that part to be awakened again I can't believe, (laughs) right, I can't believe I'd go to concerts, like, every week or every other week. Like, that seems, like, so distant. Yeah, it does really seem like another life. I remember actively telling my mother I didn't want to go to concerts. Because, like, I was like, I could go next week. Like, imagine having the luxury to deny wanting to go to a concert or a show. I would give anything right now to go see a live show live music it's also it just hurts my heart because so much of my life was spent within the showbiz the showbiz (laughs) if you will like yeah growing up and like my my mother is a violinist and my sister is a singer and you know I'm still a musician in many respects and just seeing everybody around me whether it's my teachers my fellow like music students who are in conservatories and my mother and my mother's colleagues, just seeing their lifeline sort of falter in a way is really difficult. And that, for, for that, I'm so, so sad. It's just so horrific to see. I mean, I'm not, I stopped dancing like three years ago, but I, I keep imagining like, you know, on just on a personal level, if this had happened when I was a dancer, like my whole life would have been over. Like, my life would have just been over. And that's the case with so many people. Their lives have just been totally, like, their job doesn't exist anymore. And it's not just their job. It's, like, their artists. It's their livelihood. So Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, these are things that can't can't really be done well online. I was listening to my favorite podcast, and they were like, ballet is just Instagram now. And it's so true. It's like, where else can you see ballet? Instagram. That's true. It's just, like, pictures and stuff. That's the same with, like, the music that my sister Loive is um pursuing it's just all what you can do on Instagram that's all there is oh Instagram (laughs) um follow us on Instagram at at red wine what is our Instagram white couch you know it you can find it red wine dot white couch yeah you can find it but if you're listening you probably already follow us you better follow us if you're listening. And if you're if you don't already follow us, please go follow us. Please do, yes, please. Thank you. We we want more friends. Oh yeah, since, since Instagram is life now, be our friend.
actually this is wild I don't think I've gone like a day without looking Instagram looking at Instagram for maybe like two or three years think of it Instagram runs my life I frequently like delete my whole account for two weeks at a time like I did that I think my account was deleted for like all of May no that's too long maybe like three weeks in May this year or June and I did it again in like November and I want to do it again now but I do feel like, do you know when, like, someone goes crazy and, like, their Instagram disappears and then they keep popping up on, like, different social media platforms? Like, it's yeah. only a sign that someone's, like, going, someone's not well. Someone's like, going keep, through it. Someone's going through it and, like, I don't want people to think that I'm, like, having, like, episode of, like, psychosis or something because I keep deleting my Instagram. But I just, like, I find it, like, I, I like Instagram, but I also like to get away from it. I'm fine, no. guys. I want, I, no, I want to take an Instagram break purely at this point for to to, like as an experiment to see how I will like how it will go for me I'm because I'm not joking I'm just thinking about it right now I haven't gone like maybe two or three years without looking at Instagram every single day and when did you when did you first get Instagram like what age oh my gosh so early like I was 12 I I was like 10 or 11 oh my god yeah so it's like I really hate it's, like, I feel like I've done things based off Instagram. Like, I feel like I've been places, like, cities, because, like, I saw things on Instagram. Or I just right. don't like that it's ruling over my Instagram life. Instagram rules my life in a very weird way. But also in a non, like, I, and I keep, I keep telling myself that it's not bad because the content that I consume on Instagram is, well, I wouldn't say it's, like, great but it's not necessarily the worst either because you do curate your feed to your liking. And most of my content is music and like fashion. And also it's a way, it's a means for me to keep in touch with like my Icelandic life because a lot of the Mm -hmm. people that I follow are people that I sort of grew up with. Mm -hmm. But I wonder like, like, what am I gaining from that though? Well, it's like most of the people I grew up with, like I don't particularly want to keep in touch with. So I don't know why I have Instagram. But um, I do, yeah, like, I have, I feel like I engage personally with my Instagram. Like, mostly I just post photos of, like, the sky. But it's, like, everyone can see the sky, so I don't know why I'm posting photos of the sky. You know what I'm saying? Um, Right, but in many ways, it's, like, just micro art. We're all just little Instagram artists. We're all just little (laughs) Instagram artists. But I love using Instagram to, like, I'll send you things a lot. I'll send you, like, We do send each other cute photos photos of, like, dogs and hats. Or, like, you know. It's always dogs and hats. Well, like, little babies and hats. Other woodland animals and hats. That's true. Lots of, like, deers. Deer. Rabbits. I feel like we send a lot of, we send a lot of those to each other. I genuinely, I'm going to take an Instagram break. I support that fully. I don't know what I'm going to do with my days. That sounds so shallow, but I genuinely... You can read your depressing book. (laughs) Right. That's true. I can read my depressing book. You're right. But with um, with that, I still encourage everybody to follow us on our Instagram. We do post fun content. And I do promise some hatted, be hatted woodland animals. And we should put those now. We should do like a whole series of those just so yeah, people can get a visual. We love a chapeau. A chapeau. We should start a hashtag. I never say hat. I say chapeau. I know, but that's what I love about you. I think in Russian it's chabka or shabka. I don't know. I get it confused. I like but that But I like too. that too. Do you know what it is in Icelandic? It's a huva. That 
That's adorable. Wait, say it again. Hoover. Hoover. Is that right? Hoover. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm forget it. Forget chapeau. I'm gonna say Hoover from now on. <laughs> uh, Phoebe, I miss you. I haven't seen Phoebe in like three months now. Oh my god, I haven't seen you in so long because you left so early. You really skedaddled. I really, uh, I really did skedaddle. I, uh, the last time I saw Junia, she made me amazing ramen, and then she disappeared. Oh my god, it was so big. I really made so the biggest big. ramen I've ever seen. I enjoyed it. I ate it. It was in like great. a lobster broiling pot. Yeah, it was in my big pot. <laughs> um, and I was like, Junia, come over. We'll make ramen together. And then she, I just made her make it all for me. I'm excited <laughs> to do more of that. Yes, we have I'm to cook more together. While, but I'm determined to become a better cook. Ooh, you know what we should do? What? We should have a dumpling making night. Okay, I was waiting for you to say that. That's been on my mind since this conversation started. I just was waiting for you to bring it up. I, I think we should do that as well. I think that'd be great. How about we do it? We can do it. Um, we can do it when we're together. Yeah, we can do it when I come back. That's yeah. how we will celebrate me getting out of my two-week quarantine upon arrival in St. Andrews. Um, do we have anything else we want to say? I don't know. I mean, we could either stop now or we could go on forever, so. I guess we should stop if you've made it this far. Wow. Thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you for listening. Um, Thank you for coming back if you're back. Thank you so much for coming back, for being so loyal, um, just for being a good listener. Uh, Absolutely. And next week, next week you should come back. Do you know why? Tell us. Because next week we will have my dearest twin sister as a (gasps) guest star. Oh my god. I was thinking, originally we were thinking that we would do just like 30 minutes of an interview with her, but I was thinking let's just have her in on our whole I think we should just have her in on the whole time. She can sing for us. She can play the guitar for us. Um, What's her Instagram? It's at Loive Lynn, right? Yes. Did I say her name right? Yes, you did. Okay, I'm really embarrassed because I love Loive and I feel like I never say her name right. No, 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 no. It's part of the fun. It's part of her brand. Nobody knows she's how to pronounce an, her name. She's so mysterious like that. Uh, she's an amazing singer, and we're going to have her on and make her sing for us. So Yes. And I hope that's okay with her. About, I haven't actually talked to her about that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we will hear about all that's going on in her life. Um, maybe we'll hear a little bit about her muses, how her writing process is. Oh, definitely. I'm going to ask her. Maybe some future plans. Ooh, we'll just squeeze or, all the details out of her. Maybe. Red wine, white couch, groundbreaking journalism. You heard it here first. <laughs> also, she wrote our jingle. So, Oh, yes, that's her saying. I feel like we've said that before. We have. But it but is good to remember. Just to remind it. the masses that it's actually not me. So It's not me. I know everyone thought it was me. It's fine. <laughs> um, all right. Okay. okay. I love all of you. I love all of you too, I think. I mean, I don't know who's listening to this, but I love you more, some more than others, but I love all. Ah, beautiful. Also, maybe we can have a little astrology Q&A because uh, people love hearing about themselves. Oh yeah, if you have any astrology questions, just send them my way. I haven't been doing that much astrology lately, so I'd love to get some questions. I'm actually getting my chart read on Friday. I'm really excited by like a real astrologer. I'm really excited to hear that. So I can tell I can tell everyone how that went. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye.
Red wine, white couch. Red wine, white couch. Red wine, white couch. Red wine.